Welcome back to episode 25 of the Northern Steel Podcast. Welcome, welcome to the quarter centennial episode of our podcast. Chris, we've missed a couple weeks, but we're basically halfway to a year. I know this is the math isn't exactly, but we missed a couple weeks. But we're at a, at a halfway year mark, Chris. It's crazy. I feel like there's a lot that we've talked about. There's a lot we've discussed. There's been a lot of good coming out of this. And honestly, I feel like each week just keeps getting better and better. And what a better time to be the halfway point than one week before. Well, you know, a couple of games, a couple of days, actually, before the first week of the regular season of NFL football. Are you ready? I was born ready, I think. Well, too bad. Slow it down. So we're not going to talk about the NFL regular season yet. We're going to talk about some news from this past week. Some NFL news. And by NFL news, I mean Steeler news. Because I don't care about other NFL news right now. Maybe later I will. But not right now. We have to talk about the practice squad that was finalized. So let's do it. I think we talked about it last week. We talked about, um, you know, this is really sick to have an ad. Uh, We talked about... The, the first eight that got added to the practice squad, Anthony McFarland, William Dunkel, the Dunkelmeister, as Chris Lecter calls him, Dunkelberg. You got John Legley, John Legley, Ryan McCollum, Cody White, for some reason. No offense, no disrespect, but it should be Tyler Vons instead. Hamilcar Rashad, Carlos Davis, and Elijah Riley. Since then, they've added in... Uh, the final eight pieces to the puzzle, one being Mark Gilbert. If you remember Mark Gilbert, he was actually on our, uh, he was a training camp standout last year as a cornerback. He's a taller guy, come out of Duke, I believe. Went to the Lions and kind of uh, actually made his way to playing uh, some playing time with them. I think he actually played against us when we played him, which is hilarious. Uh, tight end Justin Rigg. He most recently played for the Bengals. He's a really big tight end. He can block really well. And linebacker Chappelle Russell. Don't know a thing about him. Good luck to him. Welcome to the team. They also added running back Jason Huntley, who I've seen some good things about, but we already have the GOAT Jalen Warren, so don't need to worry there. Defensive line, Rennell Wren. Don't know anything about him. Welcome to the squad. Uh, We also added Delonte Scott, who is an outside linebacker we had through most of training camp and preseason, and he got cut late. Uh, we added Andrew Adams, safety. Andrew Adams is a veteran safety, uh, played most of his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I sent Christopher a, that's sorry. I didn't mean to use your full name. I usually don't, but <laughs> anyways, I sent Christopher Gerard Peskowski. Uh-oh, legal name. Uh, a, <laughs> uh... <laughs> a uh, highlight video of Andrew Adams picking off Cam Newton, I believe, three times in one game. So he definitely has this stuff. He was actually an undrafted free agent out of UConn in 2016. He signed with the New York Giants first. He spent two years in New York, uh, appeared in 30 games of 17 starts, had one pick, seven passes defense, and then uh, failed to win the starting job in 2018. He went to Tampa Bay, appeared in 13 games of four starts. Again, he had that three-pick game, which kind of propelled him. He failed to make, uh, he was released to fail to make the Eagles squad in 2021 and then came back. But in his four years with Tampa, he appeared in 57 games, 18 starts, had six picks, 16 passes defended. Uh, the other, and then the last spot 
kind of. There's an asterisk on last spot. Goes to cornerback Josh Jackson. Second round pick from the Packers in 2018 out of Iowa. Mm-hmm. He, uh, in his three years in Green Bay, has played in 42 games with 15 starts, 86 tackles, 12 passes defense. Traded to the Giants at one point, released by the Giants in October after not appearing in a single game. Uh, went to the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad, LA for two games, and then didn't do much there. Spent the entire 2022 preseason with the Cardinals, but did not make the team. And now he's on our team. The, the, the thing with Josh Jackson, it's kind of similar to me with, um, before I move on to this last one, actually, you know what? Let's do that first. And then the last, uh, I, I set an asterisk on that spot because that is all the spots filled on the practice squad. However, I think Hamilcar just recently went to IR today and they signed wow. and they signed a uh, wide receiver to the practice squad named Jaquari Robertson. So another receiver that should have been Tyler Vons, who put in all the work during training camp and preseason. But no, sure. Signed Jaquari Robertson. Never heard of him. <laughs> Good luck to you. Anyways, uh, the Josh Jackson pickup reminds me of the Carl Joseph pickup because Carl Joseph was a old first round pick. He had a pedigree and then he didn't play very well in the teams he started for. And I was kind of hoping not to have this great starter, but hoping for depth of some sort. Um, and I, and you know, you always, you always want to believe that your team can turn a player's career around. So I was really except for Carl Joseph. He actually was doing well until he had the season ending injury that he had in, in the first preseason game. But this is how I feel about Josh Jackson. I actually watched his tape in 2018 coming out of Iowa. I thought he was super good. I remember when the Packers drafted him, I was really bummed out. I think I told you I was bummed out about that. And, um, you know, maybe that was just a fluke year for college, but I'm kind of excited for him to be on the team. I don't expect him to make an immediate impact. I don't expect him to start. I don't expect him to be that good. I, But I'm hoping that maybe this is the right situation for him and he can become a player that helps his team out down the road. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I also had a chance to look at his highlights from that season, and I was very Iowa, impressed. Right? With no, actually in Green Bay. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I... There's a welcome to Pittsburgh video that I saw today and it was uh, a lot of the Josh Jackson highlights and, you know, everything that I saw and I'm assuming it was from the 2018 season when he was a rookie because that seems to be his most prolific year stat wise. He was really good. I was very impressed. He had a ton of pass breakups. He had some good tackles out there. Um, he even had uh, two pass breakups against us. I believe that was the year, though, with uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, back there throwing it to James Washington. At least that's what I saw. It, it was definitely wasn't Ben. Um, so mm. don't don't know what that was all about. But I it was it was really good. And I and I think he has a lot of skill. I don't know what if it was necessarily he just didn't play up to his potential or if it was injury or what. I'd be curious to know why. Do you know why he wasn't playing after a while? Because there's a lot of times when it. It was like 10 games started and 16 games played. And then the next year is no game started, 14 games played. Yeah, he sucked. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of what to I figured. Bl- just to be blunt. Yeah, he just, he just yeah. wasn't good. If you if you look at people's comments, especially Green Bay fans, they uh, do not like Josh Jackson. They're very salty that he was drafted in the second round and did not live up to the standards of a second round pick. We've all been there. We feel that way about some Steeler draft picks. Uh, he just He's underperformed, to put it bluntly. He just was not sure. very good. So, but I'm hoping he can turn it around and help us out. 
Sometimes all it takes is that new system, like you were saying, uh, new teammates and everything to get back to the player that you were. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe maybe he'll get some playing time this year. Maybe not. Maybe it's a similar jersey color to when he excelled in college. Maybe he'll that all that will come rushing back into him like nostalgia. Iowa's black and well, I don't know. Maybe they're black and yellow. We're black and gold. Maybe he'll just remember. He's like, I remember when I was. 20 and good and he'll just mm-hmm. revert back to that mode but i think that's I'll tell you what was, yeah i'll tell you what was interesting to me though uh when talking about the practice squad in general we have a lot of offensive linemen on our practice mm-hmm. squad yeah um and i i i get that that has been a position that has been very uh injury plagued for us the last few years but we are horribly bad, and I feel like we have depth at that position. But like, is, is are having these practice squad members really going to matter? It, like, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's good to have as far as depth goes. But we have a lot of offensive linemen on that practice squad. I feel like one player will matter because I I don't think John Leglue should have been cut in the first place. So I, I like that. I like that he was kept. Um, is he? you know, going to make that big of an impact. No, he fits in with the line we have, which isn't great, but he's also decent. He could help out fill in. The thing I was thinking about this man with offensive line, I know Steeler fans get so mad about our offensive line and rightfully so, because they suck. Um, uh, 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 This kind of goes into, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, maybe today. Uh, they restructured TJ Watt's contract and added yes, like about seven million um, into the cap space, and everyone immediately was like, "Sign an offensive lineman, sign an offensive lineman." I think you said that too to me, probably more as a joke. But you were like, "Get an offensive lineman." No, the thing definitely is, though, being serious. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like there isn't any that are good. So what's I? I it's like everyone keeps saying get an offensive line. There isn't any. I know people would keep wanting to talk about Eric Fisher. Um, and I think maybe there's one more out there. I don't re- exactly remember, but but people usually people talk about Eric Fisher. And there's not even a guarantee that he's that good. There's a reason why no other teams picked him up yet either. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and I was th- and I was thinking about this the other day. If you really think about like offensive lines in general, how many offensive lines in the NFL are actually like solid? Yeah, that's true. Th- there's a lot of like pretty bad offensive linemen. There might be a couple studs here and there. You know. There's a there's a lot of bad offensive linemen. Um, some of them just don't pan out. It, it's it's becoming like the new. I don't know the new. Uh, this is probably like really a hot take, <laughs> brash. But it's becoming like the new quarterback of the draft because sometimes you don't know what you're gonna get. You can draft a lineman pretty high in the draft and they don't end up doing very well. I would like to see, um, Evan Neal and uh, Ika Mekwanu play better. But in preseason, they did not play good. I'll tell you that right no. now. But some other ones did. Charles Cross played really well. Kenyon Green played really well. Um, there was a tweet I saw uh, that I was like appalled at, and this Steeler fan had said that he wants us to tank so we get a high top ten, top five O lineman draft pick because that's where the good ones are, and we um, we'll never get good ones later. And it's like. Okay, one, you're wrong. Two, you're stupid. Because we've gotten to Castro late. 
We've gotten Marquise Pouncey late. We've gotten Ramon Foster late. And uh, we could have had Linderbaum. He was a late-round first pick. And we could have had uh, Creed Humphrey, who was a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think, regardless in the draft, now, now granted, I think waiting until third or later, like we kind of have done in the last previous years, haven't really been working out for us. Not saying you can't find a gem in that position. Uh, however, yeah. I think if even even if you spend a late round draft pick, uh, sorry, not late round, uh, late in like early round draft pick, uh, like you're saying, I think you can still get a really good lineman. Um, and and also going off of the whole like, I think we should, you know, plummet or or, you know, scratch the season and, and lose and everything. Uh I have been watching probably a little bit too much of Good Morning Football. I don't know why. I, I think it's very entertaining. Uh, and I very much enjoy less listening to Con- Less entertaining with Kay Adams gone, I gotta say. True, true. Kay Adams is a beaut. I definitely loved having her on there. Uh, she was the glue. However, yeah. And she should um, be on our podcast. So if you're listening, Kay, we'd love to have you on. But anyway, um, <laughs> Kyle Brandt is someone who I feel like has been, and I don't know if he, if he is a Steelers fan or what it is, but he seems to really just defend us and stick by our side. And he said it early on, too, when he goes, the Steelers are not a team that will try to plummet for an early round pick, right? That is not Tomlin. That is not the standard of what we do in that organization. We are going to be competitive. And he's like, regardless of the the changes at quarterback, coaches, things like that, we always find a way to at least be a 500 team. So I think you got to get that mindset out of there. We're not going to try to fold and be a high round draft pick. I don't think that's what we're about. I don't think that's what we'll ever be about. So we can get a good offensive lineman late i just i do think we got to spend our our first round pick on an offensive lineman for next year uh not to take away because i also enjoy good morning football from time to time um but kyle brandt i mean it is tv at the end of the day and kyle brandt did say that kirk cousins would be the mvp of the nfl today um so (laughs) it could happen yeah sure when when he gets protected, he's an elite quarterback. Says who? Says the stats, Dom. Says the, the stats. S- yeah, well, when I watch him play, I see the elite play I watch is him throwing a two-yard pass on a third and eight. But hey, see, at least his completion percentage is high. See, but also saying that he's a good quarterback when he's protected is like saying... um you're a good quarterback when you throw completions, which is like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know who's gonna, you know who'd be a great quarterback if he's protected this year, Mitchell Trubisky. But too bad he'll be running for his life every play. <laughs> Thank you, Steelers offensive line. That's why we have all those practice squad members. Yeah, we're gonna need. Uh, we should have had a whole practice squad team of quarterbacks. Because I'm going to be running through them left and right for how much they get hurt. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, let's move on to the other Steeler news. Other Steeler news. Other Steeler news. The Steelers depth chart got released. And mm-hmm. every Steeler fan in the entire United States and probably United Kingdom. Shout out, Charlie. 
lost their collective minds because Kenny Pickett was listed as the number three quarterback. Everyone freaked out. What are the Steelers doing? What are they seeing that we're not seeing? They're, they're dumb. Kenny Pickett deserves to be the second string at least. Or he could, he could start. This is crazy. This is insane. Every fan from other teams, Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers are a clown. They're, they're a joke. They're a clown show. Their first round pick is a third string. He's going to be an actor every game. Ha 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 ha. Steelers, we hate you. Yeah, it was a mistake. Obviously. You really think Kenny Pickett's going to be third string? Get out of here. To Mason Rudolph? Of all people, Mason Rudolph is going to beat out Kenny Pickett for that second string. Get out of here. You, got, you, you must be out your mind. Of course Kenny Pickett's second string. He's like 1B, honestly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but in all seriousness, yes, the... Uh, what did Tomlin say? Quote, it was a clerical error. Whatever that means. I'm not smart enough to know. But well, he, uh, which is fine. I There's people who also... I, I don't know how you feel about this, Chris. There's people who want to say, how could they not know after 24 hours? There must be a quarterback controversy going on. Something must have happened. I do think it was just an honest mistake. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think it was an honest mistake. I think they just sent the depth chart in because they had to, because the NFL requires it. They didn't pay any attention to it. They didn't look at it. They woke up the next day. They had 80,000 tweets of angry Yinzers being like, we want Kenny Pickett at least number two. And they were like, "Uh, he is number two, you idiots. And then they looked at their depth chart and went, ooh, whoops, we're the idiots. And they reprinted that bad boy off and sent it out. Now, I know the team probably knew itself, but can you imagine if they didn't and that's how they found out where they were listed on the depth chart? Can you imagine how happy Mason Rudolph must have been to be that second string quarterback and being like, holy, sh- I-, I beat out Kenny Pickett? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm proving all those haters wrong. Mason Rudolph making a name for himself. <laughs> and then Tomlin's, Tomlin comes out in that uh, post press conference and he's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, but this is all wrong. Uh, Mason, you're the new janitor for uh, Akersher, and uh, Kenny's going to take the number two spot. Sorry, kiddo. Like, you have to be devastated, I feel like. I, uh, I wish that was true, but apparently Mason had said that they knew about like the order before the death chart was released. And when it was released, he even said, like, Mason himself was like, ah, fake news. Like, we'll fix that. It's not true. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anyone else is freaking out at all about it. You know, but and I also kind of figured, oh, go for it. I was going to say, funny to think about, though. I was going to say, I, I also kind of had a feeling when the initial death chart was released, because um, not only seeing Mason as the number two, I was like, well, that's a little funny. But also seeing Cody White's name on the starting depth chart, I was like, hmm. Is this is this really a thing? Like, no, no. So Speak, I don't know. Speaking, Be- up, this is speaking of positions, um, it's the usual cast that you would think uh, is a starting squad. Like we said, Mitch is starting quarterback. Kevin Dotson beat out Kendra Green at left guard Shocker. as he should. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> uh, Tom Tomlin was asked about this, and he said. KG didn't play good enough, to which the fans responded, obviously. 
<laughs> you have the the starting offensive line is going to be Dan Moore, Kevin Dotson, Mason Cole, James Daniels, and Chukuma Okorafor. Uh, wide receiver Deontay Claypool and Pickens as a starter. Very, very cool. And backups right now on the wide receiver are Gunner at fourth string, uh, Steven Sims, and Miles Boykin. I imagine something might move around there when Kevin Austin comes back from IR, but for now, that's what it is. Uh, tight ends, you, you know the drill. Pat Firemoose, Zach Gentry, Connor Hayward. Uh, running back, Jalen Warren is second string running back behind Najee. I, w- I would love for them to use him this year and use him a lot. I think he's a bullying ball who can take some punishment and take the punishment off of Najee, especially if that's just not working out. A good change of pace back would be nice. He runs mm-hmm. hard, he runs fast, and he runs into a wall of people. I will say, even if they don't utilize Jalen Warren, which I think would be a huge mistake to not give Najee some breaks, it will be nice having a mobile quarterback because that'll open up the play calling so much to where maybe we can actually like not solely rely on one man in the backfield. Totally. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, on, on defense, it, you know, it's uh, normal stuff. Cam Hayward, Larry, Tyson Alalu, those are the, your starters on the D line uh, with so many or so much good depth behind that line with Isaiah, Leal, Chris Wormley, Matravis Adams. Uh, left outside linebacker, or linebackers, obviously TJ, Highsmith. Very surprising. Right. I don't know how TJ made the team. Not even good, but there he is. Nope. <laughs> uh, uh, Alex Highsmith, of course. Miles Jack, of course. And Devin Bush getting the starting spot. A lot to Steelers fans, uh, dismay is that the word I'm looking for (laughs) they don't want Mm them to start but he is and I think this is a chance to prove himself he's going to start ahead of Robert Spillane Mark Robinson is behind Miles Jack which is cool for him he made the second string spot behind Miles Jack uh, with Marcus Allen flying behind uh, a lot of people were were saying how can Mark Robinson not start you guys got to relax for how overhyped you guys are on Mark Robinson it's crazy how over much you hate Devin Bush Mark Robinson hasn't shown me any reason why he should start over Devin Bush. He really hasn't. No. He's been, he showed he showed flashes of some good things, but like, come on. Let's be serious here. <laughs> and and who's to say he can eventually grow into that spot? But like I agree with you. Mark Robinson, he definitely can lay the boom. He he can definitely get into the hole, but like it's not like it was automatic. It's not like he hit that hole every single time. You know, he made mistakes. Those things happen, but like I I do think it it is it is a bit much to say that he deserves that starting spot over Devin Bush. And if this take makes you mad, I dare you to message us on Twitter privately just so I can know that you listen to the podcast as far. Please it would mean I, a lot to us. <laughs> yeah, please. Please keep listening. Thank you. And, uh, uh, hashtag Northern Takes. Uh, if you could uh, use that hashtag, we're trying to get it started. Hashtag Northern Takes. Say code you guys word are is dumb. Steamboat. You, you guys are d- <laughs> <laughs> you guys are dumb. Hashtag Northern Takes. That's all I gotta say. Hey, we'll take it. Um, the Steelers also released Derek Tuska, my NDSU boy, uh, for Jameer Jones, who was outside linebacker training camp stud last year. And then and now Derek Tuska joins every other Steeler linebacker on the Titans. Uh, at cornerback, a little interesting to me. 
or I guess you can do secondary in general. You have Akella Witherspoon starting, Minka, of course, Terrell Edmonds, of course, uh, Cameron Sutton starting on the outside, and Arthur, Arthur Mallette in the nickel, which means our three set uh, cornerbacks are going to be Akello, Cam Sutton, and Arthur Mallette in the slot. I think this is a mistake, and I think mm-hmm. they should fix this. I think Cameron Sutton... And I don't mean any disrespect towards Cameron Sutton. I think he, I I think he's the best cornerback we've drafted, which is not hard to do <laughs> since we draft a lot of people who suck. <laughs> but uh, he excels to me in the slot. I think he covers people better in the slot. I think he can blitz the quarterback better in the slot. I think he he plays better in the slot. I think we went and signed Levi Wallace for a reason. And it's kind of a bummer that he's not starting. I think the more optimum secondary from a guy who sits on the couch and watches football games would be Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace on the outside, and Cameron Sutton in the slot. Yeah, I agree. I we we took a big hit after losing Mike Hilton, and I don't think you know Cam Sutton plays to the same level that Mike Hilton did in the slot. But I definitely think he's our next best bet in that position. And I agree. We got a guy like Levi Wallace who has outside experience. Um, I think uh, hopefully eventually we get him onto the outside, nothing against Arthur Mallette too, but I feel like he's a certain package guy. He shouldn't be out there all the time. Um, he made some good plays, but he also made a lot of mistakes last year. So, um, I would just really like to clean up that part of our defense. I, I think everything is sounding really, really good realistically, but then you get to that one part of it and you're like, okay, that's definitely a part that I think is going to get attacked by other teams, but unfortunately it's going to be found out. I think very quickly because we play the Bengals mm. and with this lineup, I hope it doesn't happen, but they could get toasted out there. They're really good. Come on. Do the Bengals even have good receivers, Dom? No, I'm just making that up. <laughs> I, don't have have a, like, I don't have a joke for that. It's like I, I tried to say they don't have anybody. And we all know they have the best. Get out of here. Probably the most solid wide receiver core in the NFL right now, or if not top five for sure. Besides ours. Heck yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Bengals. Let's talk about week one of the NFL regular season. Steelers at Bengals this Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Central. Let's talk about it, Chris. How are you feeling about this AFC North matchup? Rivalries. We're going into the jungle facing the AFC champions of 2021. Listen. I am already not a fan that we are starting off our season opener on the road for the hundredth time in a row. Not only are we doing this on the road, but we are going against the Super Bowl runner-ups in the Bengals who showed immense improvement from any previous season. Joe Burrow had... Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Full disrespect. Instead of Super Bowl runner-ups, the Super Bowl... Losers. Okay, go ahead. Thank you for that correction. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but, you know, Joe Burrow had an 
intensely better year and a, a truly a breakout season last year. They got an insane weapon and good chemistry with Jamar Chase. I expect him to have another breakout season and to be just as good this year as he was last year. Obviously, they present some issues at the offensive line, but they fix it up by getting Leal Collins or however you say his name. Is it Leal? L- L- Lyle? I think it's Lyle. Sure. So, and, and to be honest, Dom, we sucked against the Bengals last season. Granted, our play yeah. calling was, uh, you know, set to bubble screens and HB draws because our quarterback could not move more than 0.5 miles per hour. But as they have improved, so have we. I feel like this is the first season that we have done uh, the most with offseason signings. I feel like our draft definitely helped getting some good people out there. Um and, and, dude, I've said it from the beginning. You, you and I have talked about this going into it. It's like, do I expect us to win and beat the Bengals week one? No. I'll be straightforward with it. I'll be completely honest. Absolutely not. However, if, if we can make a statement, this, to me, this is more of a statement game than it is anything else. If we can make a statement, go into their house and show that we're competitive you know, make it go into the fourth quarter being like a one possession game. And even if we lose by that little bit or whatever, I will feel so good and confident because yeah, we gotten better. The Bengals, I also feel like have added so much to their team from last year. What that would say so much about our team and get me so excited for what is to come. And also that gets me excited for the next time we play them because I will feel like we have a chance. You know, what What are your thoughts on it? I completely agree, Chris. I think uh, I would be also very happy to keep you competitive. The The thing with this game that I think people don't understand is it is in everyone wants to immediately be like F the AFC North, which I agree F the AFC North, obviously F the Bengals, obviously, um, but they are good. They are a good football team. The way we could get a win and surprise them is because it is week one and you never know how people are going to play. Everyone likes to talk about how we beat Buffalo in week one last year. And yes, we did beat them in Buffalo last year. You move that game into December, we don't win that game, in my opinion. But because it's week one, we're able to sneak up on them and things have go our way. Mm. Uh, I, I personally am looking for, kind of like what you just said, I'm looking to stay competitive. I'm looking for how mostly the how the offense is going to play. I think that's like the biggest thing. I'm not even necessarily looking for a win week one. I, uh, this team is such a mystery. We've had Big Ben for almost two decades, and uh, we kind of know what we're going to get all the time. Last year was an anomaly because of his limitations physically, and our play calling wasn't the greatest to match his skill set, obviously. But... I don't really know what we're going to get. We've seen flashes of it in the preseason. But we've also been mixing quarterbacks around. We're trying to figure out a quarterback battle. So now we finally have the full starters out there. Sands, Deontay Johnson, potentially. But still, we've, we finally have the full starters out there. A full 60 minutes to see Matt Canada put his offensive playbook to work. And I want to see how successful that can be. Even if we have drives that punt a lot. Are we moving the ball? Or are we going three and out immediately? 
Are we driving a little bit? Are we able to put some points on the board, even if they're field goals? Are we able to move the ball? Are we able to drive? Are we able to do these things? Are we able to stay competitive with these guys? If we win, of course, bro, I'm going to be on cloud nine. Of course, I'll be, I'll be talking mad smack. Are you kidding me? But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I expect a win. What I want, like you said, stay competitive, show the league that the Steelers are not going to be this top 10 draft pit team next year. Show them that we're here to compete. We're here to try to get a playoff spot. And that if we lose this game, that's fine because we went, we went and showed out what we're about and that we're going to build off these things. We score some points. We do some th- good things defensively. We keep it close. It's a competitive game. We build on that because it's only week one. It's a long season. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, but if we want to talk about a victory, a potential victory, Chris, what are some keys to, ha- uh, to the game to let the Steelers snatch a victory from the jungle of Cincinnati? Well, Dom, I'm glad you asked because I have my keys to the game uh, right here in front of me. So Sponsored by me. <laughs> All right. So, um, first off, I think what's really important, especially when going into Cincinnati, is uh, we got to protect the ball and win the turnover ratio. I saw a really interesting stat line today when I was doing my research and everything, and it showed how our record was split up when comparing it to the turnover ratio. Um, and we were seven and three when we had a greater than one turnover ratio last year. We were two and zero when we were even, and then we were zero five and one when we had one or worse turnover ratio. That's horrible, right? And I mean, even even if even if it's one interception or or anything uh, like to to not win a single game, that hurts, right? I think horrible, I think uh, natural. Yeah, it makes sense, right? If you put yourself in a position to lose, that's what's going to happen. Right. Um, However, I think Trubisky's got to make sure that he's making the right calls. He's doing the correct reads, and he's putting the ball in places to where only our guys can get it. Uh, It's like we talked about last week. uh, Efficiency is going to be everything. So uh, we definitely got to protect the ball. Um, Another key to the game is I think we got to rush for over 100 yards. And I'm not saying that's got to be all Najee. I just think we have to establish a running game. We got to make sure that we can equally distribute between passing and running the ball and kind of leave the defense on their heels and falling backwards. Uh, I think that's going to create a great rhythm and pace to the game and also kind of give us the upper hand. Um, Number thing is uh, we got to control the middle of the field. I think if we can utilize that and open up space, that's going to be great for us driving down. Uh, getting it to Muth or Claypool or whoever else is in the slot will be good and just tr- kind of controlling that part of the game. And then last but not least, a key to the game is we got to get to Burrow. Burrow was uh, one of the most highly sacked quarterbacks last year. His line was absolutely atrocious. I know that they picked up some help uh, and uh, Collins is especially going to be the guy lining up over TJ. We just got to make sure that we get to the quarterback and get him down on the ground. Um and so those are kind of my keys to how I feel we can do in winning this game. 
Let me uh, add on to your keys, kind of like the following, following the same point, but a little more detailed on the things. Uh, when you, you say win the position battle, but also get to Joe Burrow, I think those things go hand in hand. And I think sure. it's going to be tough, but, but this team can do it. Sure, the Bengals' offensive line has gotten better with the addition of Lyle Collins and maybe some others. But looking at their offensive line, I don't really... The, the, the right side of the line is definitely stronger with Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa. The left side of the line is weaker. So when you say get to Joe Burrow, we all know how TJ Watt can play. He's going up against a really good lineman. We, we all know he's a stud himself. But I think... Uh, more of a key player in this scenario, and let's start it off strong right away, is Alex Highsmith. Because if you, if, if you have their stud O-line going against our stud defensive guy and they're battling all day, these other guys need to eat. They need to feast. And it starts with Alex Highsmith on his side going against Jonah Williams, and I think he should be able to beat him. Confidently should be able to beat him. As well as the left side, I think Cam plays more left side as well. And that's a, that's a, also a weaker side of the line, and it's, I think it's going to start there. Even if it's not Cam there, uh, Larry Ogunjobi against his old team. You don't think he wants to get some hits on the quarterback and, mm-hmm. and stop the runs? Like, it, I think those are two key players to get. And like you said, when the pass rush gets there, that's going to help us out potentially get these turnovers because these wide receivers are good guys. They really are. Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is. That's a great third string wide receiver. At one point, who was their number one? Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Mixon's a great running back, obviously. So, looking to stop the run any way we can and not let up a bunch of rush yards on us. But uh, but those are kind of key defensive players. From Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, go for it. No, go ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. Go. I was just going to say, I I totally agree. And I, especially with your point of bringing up Alex Highsmith, I think uh, he needs to have a big game. And I think he's, he, he definitely shows uh, the skill set to do it. He is very impressive. And he's someone that's definitely taking those leaps every single year that he's been on the team. Uh, And and I I expect kind of big things from him this year. I I think he's going to hit new highs uh, in tackles, sacks, uh, all of the above. Uh, so I'm really excited to see, but I think this is definitely a good game for him to establish himself and to help out TJ on that other side, as well as with some other guys. And we gotta, gotta, gotta get to him because like we said before, our, uh, especially that one side of our, our defensive backs being sudden and, and mallet, uh, and going up against this talented wide receiver team, uh, we got to make sure that Burrow gets little to no time to find a read and to make those good throws. So it's all going right. to start with those guys up front and making sure that we can help out the dudes in the back. On the other side of the ball, uh, when you said getting establishing a run game and getting 100 yards, yes, I think if they can establish a run game and they can control the clock, that's going to help them. When you're facing a team with a high-powered offense, the more you can control the clock and waste the clock and take... 8 to 11 uh, play drives on the field for hopefully a touchdown, the better off you're going to be, the better chance you're going to have to win. That is going to be a very tough task because the Bengals' front line is pretty decent. I would, mm-hmm. yeah, Pretty good. Let's not even say that. I mean, uh, Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Trey Hendrickson. That's a, pretty, that's a very, very solid defensive Super line. Good. And then a linebacker, Logan Wilson... 
played really well last year and he has continued mm-hmm. to play well. So that's that's kind of like a, this good little front area. Jermaine Pratt, not really worried about. And then it's if you can have the time to even throw the ball, I think you can make some stuff happen because I'm not really scared about their cornerbacks, really. Mike Hilton is, in my opinion, and maybe it's biased, but I think he's their best cornerback, but he's going to play slot only. But I think Claypool can be Mike Hilton if he's playing slot. He's definitely uh, got, got the size advantage on him. Totally. So. You got Eli Apple. If Eli Apple's lined up on Pickens, see you later, bud. Uh, Chidobi Awuzi, bro, nah. Not even gonna worry about you. I'm, I'm gonna be real honest. I, it's it, uh, although you know if Deontay can't play, it'd be Claypool and Pickens, and uh, you know maybe Gunner in the slot. But Gunner, Gunner got some good separation from preseason. So you never know. Uh, safeties mm-hmm. are pretty good though. Von Bell, Jesse Bates, but but the point still stands with the run game, with our offensive line being as suspect as they are. That's a big key too, and I agree that setting the run game is important, but it's going to be difficult. And, you, and we don't want to run Najee to the ground right away. I say, mix it up. If mm-hmm. I, I, almost like my key to the game for the offensive side might be Jalen Warren, because if Najee's running and he's doing his thing and he's just not breaking through, not breaking through, sometimes you need to change a pace guy. We had that for a little bit with Le'Veon Bell and Garrett Blunt, and Le'Veon Bell would play like the Ravens. Sometimes and, uh, and and sometimes early on his career. Later on, he found his groove against the Ravens, but sometimes he couldn't find his groove. He's waiting too long. He was getting no runs, no runs. They brought in Legarrette Blunt, and he's just bullying people. Five runs, six runs, seven yard runs. Uh, sometimes you need to change a pace guy like that to kind of break it open. And hopefully the Steelers recognize that, and hopefully they're able to put Jalen Warren in. If that is happening, hopefully it doesn't. But if that's the, how the situation is, hopefully they're able to put him in and kind of change change it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Shall we move on to the last part? You t- yeah. Uh, what's the last part? <laughs> uh, stat predictions for for the game. Okay, uh, let's do second to last part, and then a part after that. I got. Okay. Okay. Set predictions. What do you got for me? So, I think that starting at quarterback, Trubisky's going to have a pretty decent day, um, which is saying a lot because obviously he's going to be running for his life. Uh, but I feel like he has the necessary weapons. So, I have him at uh, 18 completions uh, out of 20, 26 attempts. Okay. Uh, I have him for 230 yards. Uh, okay. And two touchdowns. And how many? Two touchdowns. Accurate. Now, I know that I established that I think we need to get 100 yards rushing. However, I don't think Najee's going to break the 100-yard mark. Not for this game. I think he's going to get close. But obviously, we're going to run him a lot. I think he's going to get 24 rushing attempts and get about 88 yards. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, That's, it's a lot. Uh, holy smokes. Maybe maybe could a few happen. less rushes, but but it could happen. Could happen. But I also do give him, have him getting two touchdowns. Because I do think we can drive down the field and get into a position in the red zone where he can dr- push it in. Uh, but okay. I, do, I am giving him two touchdowns. Yeah, you have a scoring uh, th- 28 points offensively. Well, if we're going to be competitive, yes. <laughs> I agree. I'm, not, I'm just saying. 
Just pointing it out to you, the math. Uh, top receiver, I put Claypool. I yeah. think uh, I think we got to establish that middle of the field. Uh, I I gave him six receptions for ninety yards. I think he's going to have a lot of lot of airtime and, and some big again, plays over the middle. Again, if Deontay plays, which is not sounding great right now. Sure, I'll be honest. I didn't even put Deontay on this list for the top stat candidates. No, it's fine. But like Claypool's yeah. not going to play the middle of the field if Deontay's not playing. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, next I have Muth with, uh, also six receptions, but for 56 yards and one of those touchdowns that Trubisky's going to throw. Okay. Uh, and then I have Pickens with four catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. I think he's going to get his very first touchdown this week. Goal. On the defensive side of the ball, I think we're going to get to Burrow four times. Okay. I like it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give Watt one and a half. Okay. He's going to share one of those sacks with Cam Hayward because I just okay. think they're a good duo together. Yeah. I do think Highsmith is going to get a sack. All right. And then I'm going with the safety blitz. I'm, I'm going to ah. give Edmonds a sack. Wow. Look ah. at you. Creative. Those, those, those are my stat predictions for this game. I like that you're going analytical with it. You're going... Uh, Stat by stat things. Mine's going to be a little more uh, thrown against the wall, a little out the mouth, quick at you. Sure. Uh, I I also think Mitch could throw two touchdowns. Um, I like your yards too. Actually, like I think you said two thirty or something. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a decent amount. Maybe two forty, two thirty, somewhere in that range. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, I also like the yard yet for Najee. I just have you I, in my head. I think like less carries, like you know, like eighteen for like eighty six, and sure. maybe a touchdown, maybe. Sure. Uh, receivers, I think Fryermuth is gonna really eat, regardless of like who if Deontay plays it or not. Like you said, I think the middle of the field is gonna be huge. I think Fryermuth is gonna play a big part in that. Uh, I think it's good to get that connection early and often. Mm-hmm. So I think Firemouth could actually do really well in this game. Uh, I also think Pickens could do well in this game, but not really for the stat-wise, just by setting the tone. The Bengals yeah. really, they really beat us up and down the field last year. And they made us, they tried to make us the laughing stock of the division. They really did. As well as the year prior when they knocked Juju out for Dance on their logo. And they really got this like, like gusto about them and they think they're all that and I think Pickens not only a stat but I think he's going to set the tone quick might get some in some fisticuffs with Eli Apple because Eli Apple's a little baby boy and Mm -hmm. uh, we might see some fireworks and I I want to see that I would like to see that I'm not saying I want to see Pickens like get in a fight and get ejected I'm not saying that at all I'm not stop it I'm not I'm I'm not saying it (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying it uh, but I do hey, come on I'm not saying it I don't wanna, I, if he if fights Eli Apple I'm not going to be happy about it come on but I do think he should set the tone because we're, we've been missing a dog on this team and he needs to set the tone and say that we're here we're not going to take any, any crap from anybody we're the Pittsburgh Steelers and we're going to punch you in the mouth. And I think that he's going to set that tone in this game. 
defensively, ooh, Chris, I'm a little scared defensively. I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm hoping... I'm hoping to hold Joe Mixon to under 100 yards. Might be a big ask. That's what I'm hoping for. But I think... I think Joe Burrow probably has three touchdown passes. Yeah. If if not more, I'm going to say three for right now. I think TJ does get a sack because it's TJ Watt. Got to give him one. But I, I don't really have any other predictions from that angle. I would really, really love to see Highsmith get two. I would love for Highsmith. Even getting one would be great. But I would love Highsmith to like, I think this could be a breakout game for him to really help out and and the more the better he does the the better the, the more teams are gonna have to respect that and then we'll be able to double team tj watt then what do you do if you got someone who's a monster like that so that, that's more like my whiplash stat projections for you sure let's the, the let's go last part chris give me a score give me a score prediction for this game all right, well, obviously, if I'm going to give you a score, I have to be true to my predicted stat line. <laughs> um, so this will be interesting. Uh, I am going to go with a close game. Yeah. I, I really hope this isn't the case because, obviously, I hope our defense has improved tremendously. Uh, but I think it will be a difference of 10 points. And I think it'll be 41 to 31. Oh my god. High scoring. I was going to say I, I, I got to give Boswell, I got to give Boswell a field goal. I <laughs> I can't not give him a field goal. If I'm going to give us four touchdowns, there's not a chance that we go and score every single time during a during a scoring drive uh, that it's a touchdown. I thought the score I was going to give the Bengals was going to be too high, but golly. Let me guess, you're probably going to say something like 27. I was. I was going to say 27 or 30. Somewhere in that range. 27 to 30 to 23. I hope yours is right. That's what... It's 20 to 23. 27 to 30 to 20 to 23. Can I do ranges? That's not fair, Dominic. You can't do ranges. Shut up. This is my show. I'm doing ranges. (laughs) Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we win. I hope Me we, too. I hope, we, I hope we win 55 to uh, zero. Me too. <laughs> uh, before, we, before we head out, Chris, I think it might be fun maybe every week if we want to like do a quick uh, rapid fire picking the games for the week and we can kind of uh, see our record at the end. Sure. And, and maybe we'll do like a, a little bet. We'll figure it out later. Like the loser has to do something. Or maybe we'll let the fans decide. Yeah, all six of you. We'll let you guys yep. decide. <laughs> all right, uh, go okay. for it. Uh, Bills and Rams. Bills. I'm going to go Rams. Oh, God. I'm lost. Help. Help. There it is. Eagles, Lions. Eagles. Eagles. 49ers, Bears. 49ers. Niners. Steelers, Bengals. I'm going to say Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, it's a Steeler me. podcast. I'm going to say Bengals. Yeah, me too. Pitches, Dolphins. 
I'm going with the Patriots. Incorrect. Dolphins. Browns, Panthers. Interesting. Panthers. Screw Panthers. the Browns. That's right. Colts, Texans. Colts. I'm just kidding, Colts. <laughs> Saints, Falcons. Saints. Saints. Ravens, Jets. Ravens. J-E- Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. Jaguars, Commanders. I think the Jaguars. Incorrect. Commanders. Packers, Vikings. Mm. Let's go Packers. Incorrect. Vikings. <laughs> Giants, Titans. Mm. Titans. Incorrect. Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Raiders, Chargers. 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 Chiefs, Cardinals. Chiefs. Chiefs. Bucks, Cowboys. Bucks. Bucks. Broncos, Seahawks. Broncos. Is that Bronco- even a question? Ah, for real. Broncos, it is. All right, that about does it. That is the week one preview for the Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. For the Northern Steel podcast. Not officially sponsored by the Pittsburgh Steelers yet. But, you know, we're working our way. Yeah, we're getting there. (laughs) I want to thank you for listening. You can follow us on all our social media at Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok. uh, and Grubhub. Um, Please (laughs) leave us a comment on Twitter, a DM on Twitter, telling us what you love about the podcast, why you think we're great hosts, why you are attracted to our voices. We really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week for a review of the week one game and previewing the week two game against the New England Patriots. Chris, do you have any last words? Uh, Let's go Steelers. As always, concise and inspirational. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Doses. Peace.